This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Here at HG, we love people from where they are to where Christ wants them to be. Today, Pastor Corey is speaking about training your brain. There's your power in the name of Jesus. How many of y'all would agree that there's your power in that name? Do I got any believers or witnesses out there that... I don't know where my church is, but I need somebody to holler back at me. There is power. How, how do I know that there is power in the name of Jesus? Well, I know that there is power in the name of Jesus because earlier this week, Lady Renee got in a car wreck and she's still here. that it could have been much worse, that another car could have hit her after the car hit her, but I know that the blood still works. <laughs> because she's still here. No injuries. No walking boot. No arm in the sling. Y'all gonna make me preach up in here. Somebody shout, the blood still works. Good God Almighty. Sister Tamika, she, she called me earlier this week and she told me, Pastor, I had been praying for a schedule shift. And uh, she called me this week because she wanted to be more available to the church for on Sundays and not only on Sundays and Wednesdays, but she called me and said, Pastor, I got so much great news. My schedule finally changed. Watch this. She said, I got the schedule shift, but there was a person who I was working with who was struggling who said, if I don't get the schedule shift, I'm going to quit my job. She said that if I would have got the schedule shift, I would have given it to her. But look how good God is, that he made a way not only for her, but he made a way for somebody else. He had to make a way for her too. So you don't even know who's connected to you that might be blessed just because of your faith. Is that not what happened to the men who brought the paralytic man up the road, up the roof? Jesus looked at him and he said, because of your faith, I'm going to heal him. I want, you to, I want you to praise God, not just for what he's going to do for you, but I want him to praise God for, what, for, for the person that's connected to you on your road. Say, God, don't just bless me. I want you to bless everyone that's connected to me. God, don't just bless me. I want my children to be blessed. I want my cousin to be blessed. I want my grandparents to be blessed. Somebody shout yes. <laughs> How do I know that the blood still works? Uh, Matthew, I believe it was some months ago, like some months ago, where your wife was pregnant. And you came to the altar and you came to the Sunday, uh, that particular Sunday, I don't know why, but I felt the spirit of the Lord to pray for your wife's pregnancy. And I declared and I prophesied over her pregnancy that this would be one of the easiest pregnancies she's ever had compared to the other pregnancies that she had struggled with. 
and Matthew, could you confirm that the baby delivered, but the baby is healthy, and that this was one of the easiest pregnancies that you've ever had? I want y'all to hear it, because I, I don't want y'all to think I'm making it up. God is good, and my baby is healthy, and I believe that Pastor Corey, he blessed me that Sunday, and he, and, and he put it there for me and my family to have one healthy pregnancy, and we did, and my baby is home with me. Now, I, I, I'm trying to convince somebody that the blood still works. And, and, and here it is. I, I just feel the need to say not only, Matthew, uh, will, that you had a great pregnancy, but I pray healing for your wife. Mm. Yes, I pray healing for your wife, and I speak healing from the inside out. And regardless of what the doctor has found, whatever they can call it, they can call it cancer if they want to. We plead the blood even now over her. I wish I had somebody to pray with me. We plead the blood. I know she may not be here, but by the spirit of the Lord, you are everywhere. So, Father, we plead the blood even right now over her life. We pray that cancer would not take her out. Whatever the cyst they may have found, it would not take her out. But, Father, we plead the blood even now because your word declares by your stripes we are healed. Let healing be her portion in the name of Jesus. And we pray from that God, a relationship with you might be established for your glory. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Come on and give God praise. If you believe the word of the Lord, if you believe the word of the Lord, <laughs> yes. Okay, I got all that out the way. Let me try to get to my assignment this morning. While you're standing, could you go with me to the Word of God, to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. It is our custom here at Heavenly Gospel for we stand in honor and reverence in the reading of the Word of God. So if you have two able feet, could you please stand for the reading of the Word? Amen. I know we have a whole bunch of friends and family here, and I know we, I'm going to get a chance to meet all of you later on, but I just want to say, hey, hey. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> um, it's so glad to see so many unfamiliar faces. Um, I, I, I know that we have here my, my uncle uh, from, my, from Renee's side and their family decided to come and celebrate and worship with us on this morning. Amen. Can we give God praise for them? I see my auntie and them, Aunt Edna, and, and her sister, my other auntie, I see them right there. Amen. So glad to have, have them in the house. Uh, it's so glad to have Mother Helen Taylor. I know we honored her, but Heavenly Gospel, she's a living legacy. Come on. We can honor better than that. You know, grandmother, as we were giving you your flowers, there used to be a song that used to sing, give me my flowers. Hey, Mickey, I see you too. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but while we got a chance, we're going to give you every flower we can. 
while you're yet with us because we recognize that we would not be here without your servitude. Woof. We would not be here without your obedience and faithfulness to this ministry. And we thank God for you, Mother Helen Taylor. Amen. Amen. My grandmother invited not only uh, my auntie and them, but she invited a whole motorcycle bike club to our left. Is it the Falcons, right? The Falcons Bike Club. Amen. We're excited to have them with us. And y'all, I told them that their assignment here today is not only just to be here in presence, but to convince my wife to help me get a bike. <laughs> so I could join the club. In the name of Jesus, look at them by faith. Because she won't let me get one. But after today, hey, he said in the name, it got to happen. There's power in the name of Jesus. I feel a bike in my spirit so I could join the Falcon Club. <laughs> Y'all crazy. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. And it reads, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Want to extract verse number eight for our uh, consideration this morning. And it reads, keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It is my subject and my assignment this morning to teach and preach from the subject title this morning. You got to train your brain. Somebody say train your brain. Come on and bless God as you take your seats. Roger, if you could stay right there, I'm not going to be long. I've been battling sinuses and allergies all week long. And my body is weak, but my spirit is willing this morning. Amen. So if you could just pray for me, and I won't be before you long as our kids are being dismissed for their classes. Family, uh, in Joshua chapter 1, we get the eavesdrop on a conversation that God is having with a man who will serve as Moses' successor. His name is Joshua. This is a critical conversation because... It is a conversation of preparation that before Joshua assumes leadership responsibilities that have been assigned to him, God has a critical conversation with him to prepare him personally for the responsibility that he's about to undertake. 
And as we have moved and shifted seasons from summer to fall, I believe that, again, we are not just shifted in the physical, but I believe there's a shift that is happening in the spiritual that we must begin to prepare ourselves for. And I come to tell you that the way God is going to prepare us is first through our minds. That we've been talking over the, the, we started last week with check up from the neck up and we approach Romans chapter 12 that if we're going to walk into this season, there has to be a miracle in the mindset. And I don't know about you, if God wants to do a miracle in my mind, I'm saying yes. Amen. In, in the midst of this conversation, God says to him, verse number seven, it's very powerful because he talks to his person and not his profession. He talks to his heart and not his hands. He, he deals with the inner man before he deals with the outward responsibility. He says, Joshua, now listen, be strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Joshua, you, you haven't done anything yet. But before you do anything, I need you to know to be strong. He, he doesn't notice the text does not tell him to feel strong. It tells him to be strong. I'll say it one more time. Notice the text does not tell him to feel strong, but it says be strong. Because sometimes you got to be strong when you don't feel strong. <laughs> you, you have to be which you don't feel. So, so your life, it cannot follow your feelings. You, you got to live your life, watch this, and make your feelings catch up. Okay. So you don't wait uh, for the right feeling to do right. You do right, and then you wait for your feelings to catch up with what you did. He, he says, be strong because you're stepping into a new season, a new responsibility, and it's going to require that you are strong, that you are undertaking a level of responsibility that you can't even anticipate the weight of. I need you to be strong because even though you saw it in Moses, you have no idea what the weight feels like until it gets on your shoulders. That people can look at your life and want your life and hate on you, but they don't even realize the pressure of what it costs to walk in your own shoes. That they'll want your glory, but they don't understand your story. That they'll want what you have, but they don't want to do what you did to get what you have. That they'll hate and want what you got, but they don't see the many tears that you cried, the troubles you had to encounter, the things that you had to overcome just to get to the place you are right now. See, many of you, you are looking good right now, but you have been through so much that you can't even articulate everything that you've gone through. But if it had not been for the grace of God and if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, you don't even know where you would be. And I come to let somebody know this morning, you look much better than what you, what you would have looked like because it was nothing but God. And knew I got any witnesses out there to say, I would not be as smart as I am. I would not be as handsome as I am. I would not be as fine as I am. I would not look as together I am. If it, not, if it not wasn't for the grace of God that was holding me together, somebody shout yes. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be where I am. So every now and then we gotta thank God and look back over our lives and say, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> Y'all not with me this morning. Uh, uh, you should get a glimpse and look back over your life 
and say, Lord, I thank you. Uh, you, ain't, you shouldn't even have to go too far. You shouldn't even have to go to what she's done this past year. You ought to go to just yesterday. Uh, I wish I had somebody in here that can look back over their life and say, Lord, I thank you. He says, be strong. Because you're stepping into a new season and a new opportunity and new opportunities bring new demands. Be strong because you got somebody who, who you're coming behind who was iconic. And, and people may not readily receive you. So you got to be strong because you got to believe in you even when they don't. You got you to gotta, you gotta be strong because everybody may not be happy about your promotion. Some people may have wanted Caleb to lead the children of Israel, but God says, I picked you. So you got to be strong in knowing that God's opinion is the only opinion that ever matters in your life. That you can hate, that you can wish, that you can wonder if, if God would have picked somebody else. But you got to understand and thank God that he picked me. Even though he could have picked somebody else. And then he tells him to be courageous. Somebody say be very courageous. He doesn't tell him to feel courageous. He tells him to be courageous. Because you ought to be what you cannot feel. Teach, Pastor Corey. Be courageous. That means act courageously. Because courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness and the ability to act in spite of fear. Courage is the ability to look at the risks and the possibilities of all things going wrong and still, to, and still say to yourself, I'm going to do it anyway. Courage is what Sarah said. Courage is what Sarah had when she looked at her old age and said, even though I'm past childbearing age, I'm still going to birth the child. Courage is what the woman of issue of blood did when she heard that Jesus was passing by. And even though it was inappropriate for Eva to be out in public with her blood issue, she said, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, that I'll know I'll be made whole. And she's made up in her mind, I'm going to do it anyway. Courage is what the woman, uh, uh, what blind Bartimaeus had did when he made, uh, when he was on the roadside and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples tried to quiet him, but the more they tried to quiet him, the louder he got. Uh, I'll say it one more time. The more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. The more they told him to shut up, the more he got, the, the louder he got. The more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. Because the principle is, whenever you need deliverance, you can't allow people to determine your deliverance. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't allow other people to say, uh, uh, for you to live in your current dysfunction, but sometimes you'll get fed up with some things long enough to where you got nothing to do, where you have, you have nothing to do, and you have to make up in your mind, I got to be delivered, I got to see Jesus, it has to work out, and I'm going to do it anyway. And some of you, you're on the precipice of what God has for you to do. You're at the precipice of your assignment, and you're letting fear 
paralyze you, but you got to learn how to do it anyway. God says, regardless of your GPA, do it anyway. Regardless of the degree, do it anyway. Regardless if you don't have the finances, somebody say, do it anyway. You may not have the support. Somebody shout, do it anyway. You got to learn how to get a do it anyway. And if you got to do it all by yourself, if you got to encourage yourself and pat yourself on the back, God is saying, do it anyway. Would you nudge your neighbor and say, do it anyway, do it anyway. <laughs> he said, be strong and courageous because there is no progress without courage. That you can't possess the land of Canaan or the, your destiny without courage. Act courageously. And he says this, he says, do it with a spirit of courage, because I have not given you the fear, a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit a power, love, and a sound mind. That perfect or mature love cast out fear. That when you get a revelation of how much God loves you, it minimizes the fear in your life. You'll say and look at every situation in your life and you say, he loved, too, he loved me too much. To let me go out like this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fear, you got to understand, it's poison. It becomes a paralysis that keeps you from moving through the windows of the opportunity because the window closes. Fear is a poison that produces procrastination. And procrastination is based on the assumption that the, that the door is always going to be open. But when you realize that the door may close, you move swiftly. You don't wait for people to walk through the door with you. You realize that it's going to close. That if you realize the door is closing, you got to, somebody say, move and then wait. You move and then wait instead of waiting and then move. Uh, y'all not feeling me this morning. Uh, I, I told y'all last week that uh, oftentimes I fly um, on standby because my brother works for Southwest. Somebody say, I got the hookup. Holler if you hear me. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, so uh, I told y'all about last time that I almost, I, I did get stuck in Florida. And I remember a particular gentleman that was flying standby with me. And y'all don't know, I don't know if y'all know how standby works. Typically, if there's a person in front of you, uh, that has priority over you, they get to go first, and you have to just wait next. Uh -huh. And so I learned that uh, flying by standby, that you can't just be sitting down, waiting patiently. But my brother said, you need to go to the desk. Check in, let them know that you're there, but don't go too far. I learned the lesson. I said, all right, I got you. I waited. They said, you're number four on the list. I said, all right. I said, okay. And I, I stood there, and I was waiting to see if anybody else was going to come. Because if somebody doesn't show up, then I move up in the line. And y'all, they began calling names. They began calling names. And y'all, the first person didn't show. I said, woo, thank you, Jesus. The second person didn't show. I said, woo, thank you, Jesus. There was a third person, and this dude, I had been watching him, and I know he, would, I know he was waiting for the fight, so I know he was there. Y'all, the guy had walked off and went somewhere, and I immediately started shouting. I, I'm getting on this flight. 
And y'all, they been calling his name. He missed it once. I said, that's one for the father. They called it twice. I said, that's two for the son. And y'all, they begin to call his name the third time. And here he come on the phone. And they called him one more time. He said, oh, that's me. The lady, black lady, she was standing at the door. She said, well, you better come on. And that did something to my spirit. Because here it is. This guy was getting ready to miss his flight to the next destination. Because he was too preoccupied with what was going on in his life. He was so distracted, and here it is. If the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. And so many of us are missing flights to our next destination and to the next level that God wants to take to us because we're too occupied with foolishness. But God is saying in this season, you got to have a focus on what he's told you to do, who he's told you to become, so you don't miss your next level. Somebody shout yes. Don't you miss your next level by being too distracted. Because if the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. Somebody say, you better come on. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. So there are things that Joshua learned based on things Moses said. Then there are things that Joshua learned based on Moses, what Moses did. Are you following me? This is powerful because the things that Moses did that was positive, Joshua learned from. But also the things that Moses did that were negative, Joshua learned from that too. Pastor Corey, how do you know this? I see how Joshua managed entering the promised land, which was a completely different way than how Moses managed it. He watched a leader fail and he didn't get entertainment from the failure. He got education. And sometimes we're gossiping about things that we should be learning from. Sometimes we're posting and we're tweeting and making memes about things that we should, should be actually learning from. Because the reason that God allows us to even witness the failure of some people is not for our entertainment, but number one, for our intercession. Number two, the reason why he allows us to be exposed to other people's inconsistencies is for our education so that we can learn from them too. For my Bible says that in Romans that things that are written aforetime were written for our learning. That through patience of the scriptures we might obtain hope. So what I see in Job and what I see in Daniel and what I see in Jeremiah is not just there so that I can get into their business. There's, there's something that God wants me to learn and Joshua learned from Moses. That when Moses had the opportunity to enter into the promised land, Moses, he sent 12 spies. He said, I want y'all to spy over the land. And after y'all spy over the land, I want y'all to come back to me. The people came back, watch this, and they reported to all the people about why they couldn't go into the promised land. There were 10 who came with a bad report and only two who came with a good report. And the 10 who came with the bad report convinced the whole entire nation that we cannot move into the promised land. When Joshua gets ready to enter the promised land in Jericho, he turns around and says, everybody, listen, we're going to walk around this wall seven times for seven days. And on the seventh day, on the seventh time, we're going to shout after the horn blows. 
Now, don't nobody open up their mouth until the horn blows. Because he learned from Moses. He learned what happens to movement when you let the wrong mouth get a hold of the right ears. Oh, God. I'll say that one more time. He learned this critical lesson. There is a lesson that ought to be learned that you can oftentimes let the wrong mouth get a hold of the right ears. And I'm going to touch on that next week. He says the reason why we didn't move forward because Moses got y'all opinion when it wasn't required. Ah, oh, God. Uh, Moses got everybody else's opinion and what they thought about the matter when it wasn't even required. God says, Moses, I've given you the land of Canaan. Go and occupy it. And here it is. God can oftentimes be calling you to assignments and to places, and you're trying to get everybody else's opinion. You're trying to ask them, what do you think? And what do you believe? And I believe in godly counsel, but there comes a time where you got to be convinced by what God has given you, and you got to learn to bust some move. And I just want to talk to somebody that you've been step, stuck on the shore and God has been calling you to the deep and you're wondering how you're going to make it there and God is just saying do it anyway I just want you to move by faith and when you move I'll move just like that somebody say when I move you move just like that. How do I know that God moves when he moves? Because we see in the text that Joshua, as he begins to enter into the land of Jericho, there is a thing called the Red Sea. In the Red Sea, he says, tell the priests to put their feet in the water. Oh, God. And when they put their feet in the water, the Bible in the text says the water began to split. And they walked on dry ground. Ah, oh, God, y'all not hearing me this morning. He says the minute they moved their feet, the water moved. The water didn't move before they moved their feet, but the water moved after they moved their feet. Ah, oh, yes, God, this blesses me because oftentimes we have said, put your money where your mouth is. Uh-huh. We, we said the statement, put your money where your mouth is. But I come to tell you this morning, AG, sometimes you got to put your feet where your faith is. And you got to learn how to move your feet in the direction of your faith. You got to learn how to keep it moving and say, I'm too blessed to be right here. You got to learn how to move your feet and say, I'm too stressed to be worrying about that. You got to learn how to move your feet and say, I'm too blessed to be this broke. I'm going to move my feet and I won't stop moving until God does it. Somebody shout, yes. I feel my help in here. You got to bust a move and learn to move your feet because we walk by faith and not by sight. Stop allowing what you see to paralyze your feet, but allow your feet to feel your faith and aim in the direction that your God is taking you. Somebody shout yes. You got to get a move in your spirit. I don't care what shoes you got on, whether it's Nikes, whether it's Reeboks, whether it's alligator skin or whether it's Yeezys, whether it's Adidas or whether it's Reebok. God says, I need you to move your feet. Somebody shout yes. I come to tell somebody this morning. I come to help somebody because you've been too stuck. You've been too paralyzed. But even God is frustrated about the place you've been in. And God is saying, this is your day to move your feet. For, your, for those who receive it, somebody shout yes. I'm almost done. Y'all not, not feeling your boy? Yeah, yeah. You got to move your feet. Mm, that's a lesson in that. You got to keep your feet moving. Oh, God, I, this, I can't get off of this. Because the Holy Spirit just reminded me of a lesson that I learned while in high school. Somebody say, keep your feet moving. 
Yeah, yeah. Corey, I hear you. Keep your feet moving. Um, it's not a, a hidden fact what team I love. Yeah, yeah. I got to do it with my family here because some of them ain't, ain't saved. They ain't Cowboys fans. So, yeah. Who, who, what team do your pastor love? We're going to show them who that. We're going to show them we that. Okay. Y'all came up out the spirit. Y'all in the flesh. Now we got to get back in the spirit. Ooh, just so carnal. <laughs> um, I, I, I learned in, in the sport of football that um, if you're going to run the ball, um, and when they pass you the football, I don't have a football with me, but the quarterback has the ball, and either he can hand it off to the running back or throw it to the receiver. What I notice about football, the defender and the enemy, it only goes after the person who got the ball. The defender doesn't run to who does not have the ball. What are you saying, Pastor Corey? Some of you, you've been wondering why the enemy has been attacking you like never before. You've been wondering why life has been hitting you on all sides. And I come to tell you, it's because you're carrying something. Uh, it's because you're carrying something. What are you carrying? You're carrying purpose. What are you carrying? You're carrying righteousness. What are you carrying? You're carrying the glory. What are you carrying? You're carrying the assignment. And instead of crying about the hit, learn to take the hit and thank God that the enemy wouldn't be coming after you if you didn't have nothing at all. That I've never seen an enemy rob an empty house. But the only reason why he's attacking your house because he wants what you have. Somebody who's been under attack like never before. What did this shout yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's a mature shout. That's a mature praise. That's a mature shout. That's a mature praise that you can begin to thank God not for the hits, but the hits are only confirmation that I'm carrying something. I'm carrying something. That's why he won't leave me alone. I'm carrying something. That's why they keep texting me at night. I'm carrying something. That's why my boss keeps trying to wear me out. I'm carrying something. That's why the kids ain't acting right. I'm carrying something. Whew. Oh, God. And I learned from one of my coaches when I played running back that, that when I would carry the ball and an enemy would come after me. Come here, daddy. Come here, come here, daddy. Come here, brother Tony. That when I would carry the ball, he noticed a flaw that was keeping me from getting to my destiny. That was keeping me from getting to the touchdown that I was designed to get. Uh, he noticed something that when I would get hit and carry the ball, wrap me up, I would fall. Okay, y'all don't let me fall that hard. Jesus. Time out. <laughs> Water break. <laughs> okay. Let me, I'm sorry, y'all. Next time, let me fall graciously. Okay. He noticed the flaw that every time I would carry the rock, enemy comes after me because I'm carrying something. The enemy only comes after you because you're carrying something. Y'all got it? 
after I would carry something, the enemy would wrap me up. But because he wraps me up where I am doesn't mean that I got to stop where I am now. Are y'all getting? The enemy would wrap me up and I would fall. There you go. Good job. You can set me down. Set me down. You, oh, you can set me down now. Good job. They some good defenders. <laughs> we looked at film and he said, Corey, why do you continue to fall every time you get hit? He said, you are smaller than most people. And here it is, what I was made of, fun of, in high school, that, was, that I perceived a weakness was in, in return a strength that I would be able to use on the enemy. And God is saying to some of you, he's getting ready to make your awkwardness unique. He's getting ready to use what people perceive as weaknesses, as ways of strength that, it, that can do, be used for the enemy. And here it is, he says, Corey, you may be short, but you short and strong. I said, Coach, you're right. He said, you may be short, but you're short and strong and quick. And he said, the next time when the defender hits you, don't stop your feet, but keep your feet moving. <laughs> I, I'm done. Y'all not feeling me? And, and no, y'all say right there. And, and the next time I got the rock down, said, hut. I got the rock, and I saw that defender. Y'all, I positioned myself. I got low, and I kept my feet moving. I, I, I'll do it one more time for y'all don't understand. The next time I got hit in life, I kept my feet moving. Watch this. I didn't make up in my mind after I got hit. I made up my mind before I got hit. Because I know that life is going to hit me, but regardless of what life gives me, I'm still going to keep my feet moving. And I just want to know, is there anybody here that you got an enemy, that you got things against you that are hitting you like never before? But I come to tell you that God is giving you the grace this morning to keep your feet moving. I said, the devil is a lie. The finances are not too much. That sickness is not too great. That thing that's been watering you and keeping you up at night is not too much. Somebody say, keep your feet moving. Would you high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm going to keep my feet moving in this season. Regardless of what comes to me, what comes against me, greater, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I wish somebody would help me preach this message. That greater is he that is in me that's in the world. That if God be for me, he's more than the world against me that no weapon no weapon formed against me shall prosper I'm gonna keep my feet moving ah somebody shout yeah oh somebody shout yeah oh God 
for the next 30 seconds. Could you give God, I'm going to keep my feet moving, praise. That I'm not denying that life isn't hitting me, but I'm saying even when life hits me, I'm going to keep my faith in motion. Even when life hits me, I'm going to keep my peace in motion. Even when life hits me, I'm going to keep it moving. For the next 30 seconds, would you praise your God? That I'm going to keep it moving. Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! The race is not given to the weary, nor to the strong, but he that endureth until the end. Hey! I never see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I got to keep it moving. That though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I got to keep it moving. Somebody shout yes! The problem is too many of us allowing, are allowing life to hit us before we've made up our mind. But you got to learn to make up your mind before life hits you. That when I come to the house of God, I'm still going to give him praise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to give him praise. Because he's still worthy. She was in a wreck. I've been dealing with allergies, CJ, at home with a fever. I had every reason to say somebody else can preach. But I'm not going to allow the enemy to hit me with stuff that my feet can continue to push through. I'm not going to be distracted, missing my next level, my next flight of assignment and instructions because I'm too, too distracted. But I'm focused. Because if you're going to go to the next season of your life, you got to go head first. But you got to train your brain. That regardless of what hits my life, I'm going to keep my feet moving. I'm done. Would you go to at least three people for me and tell them, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Come on, go to at least three people. Come on, get up out your seats. And tell them, keep it moving. Somebody shout, keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Regardless of what life throws at you, Regardless of what comes your way, you got to learn to press. Whew, for I press towards the mark of the high calling, and I'm going to keep it moving. We're standing all over the house. Real quickly, I just want to pray. I'm going to keep it moving. Whew, that the devil is a liar. Whew, that you're greater than what's against me. 
that God before me, he's more than a word against me. That I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. That weeping may endure for night, but joy is coming in the morning. Somebody say, keep it moving. Somebody shall keep it moving. Real quickly, I simply want to pray for the tired. I want to pray for the weary. I want to pray for the stuck. Do you feel like life has put you in a place where you're stuck? Watch, and you're seeing everything else move around you. And you see life advancing around you and others advancing around you, but you're stuck. I want to pray for whoever that individual is. If you'll just lift your hands. If you'll just lift your hands. Woo. Come on, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to pray for you. Lift your hands up high. Yes, God. Yes, God, this is your day where God is getting ready to do a miracle in your mind. Woof. I pray for a made-up mind. That regardless of whatever life is throwing your way, whatever life is hitting you with, I pray for a made up mind. I'm going to keep moving. Oof. That I'm going to keep praising. That I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep doing what you have called me to do. That it could be worse. It could be better, but it could be much worse. And so, Lord, because you've given me life, because you've given me health, because you've given me strength, because you've given me what I have, I won't focus on what I don't have. I won't focus focus on what you're doing in others' life, but I'll celebrate and thank you for what you're doing in my own life. Father, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. Father, I pray that you give them grace for a made-up mind, and even though you may not change it, I pray that you allow it to change their mind, that you will allow their mind to grow in you. God, let this mind that is in Christ also be in them. Father, I pray for a new mind. I pray for in this new season, God, that you give them a new mind, a new perspective on how they may see certain situations. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us heaven's mind for earthly situations, and we believe it by faith in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Come on, all over the house, somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, heavenly gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.